Hey Priya, Johnny, um, I know that you are a beauty coach. Um, you're really big on skincare. You're really big on motherhood, and you you really like to uh, you know do a one-on-one consultations for beauty, makeup, and just uh, skincare in general. So uh, let's talk about your story. And thank you for coming on the Healthy and podcast, and you know supporting mental health and the cause and wellness of others. So appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Um, disclaimer to anybody watching: this is my first podcast, so if my uh, <laughs> if my ability to tell stories is not as clear as it should be, I hope I get better. But um, yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, super excited to talk about mental health, beauty, how it kind of fits into my space and to my life right now. Um, but yes, thank you. Awesome, great to have you. Uh, so what? I guess, like, where did your journey with, like, as a beauty coach start? Like, how did you get into beauty? And, like, why why do you still do it to this day? Yeah. Well, I want to say my journey with beauty started with my mother. You know, um, growing up, I would seamlessly watch her put on, like, eyeliner to go to work every day and just kind of get dressed up um, and be the best version that she should she could be. Um, which was so nice to see. It kind of gave me the ideas of like, if you look good, you feel good sort of a thing. Um, And sometimes even if like you're having a really bad morning, a really bad day, putting on a little bit of lipstick, a little bit of mascara really does change that boost of confidence in yourself. And then it like kind of spreads throughout your day. So, you know, if you walk a little bit taller, then you speak a little bit nicer and you feel those happy moments. And it's kind of, you're inviting good feels into your life just by taking care of yourself. And I think makeup kind of does that for me. So that's where I started. Um, Beauty coaching for me um, started about a year ago, last September, 2021. I decided that, you know what, I've been doing tutorials and stuff online for a very long time. And although it's fun and it does get me to work with brands and, you know, like people I want to work with and collaborate with, I'm not getting that one-on-one experience that I like where I get to serve people. And I felt like the beauty industry was missing this one thing where individuals can teach another person exactly how to apply makeup for themselves because makeup isn't cookie cutter, right? So it's almost like a personalized luxury experience for that person to learn how to wear makeup. And then it kind of, that confidence kind of trickles down into different parts of their life. So that's, how I started doing beauty coaching. That's awesome. And do you get like almost like a kick out of it now that like you uh, are a beauty coach? Because I feel like it's like the same effect when it comes to fashion a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I kind of like relate beauty to it because I feel like having for me, like I love fashion and I love like dressing myself up. So it gives me confidence to go out um, and, you know, approach people, whether it's women, whether it's friends, family, um, even like, you know, going to a gym class, I feel like having the right, uh, wear and, you know, just the right, um, color coordination, I feel like it gives me confidence or even getting a haircut as a guy. Right. So mm-hmm. like, I think just like having that gives me the ability to kind of work with others and even do things like what I'm doing now, like a podcast. So, um, what would you say? Do you get like a kick out of it from, yeah. you know, just a one-on-one and do you learn stuff and everything? Absolutely. I think um, almost get a kick out of it, but also feel like I know it's like you're you're using materialistic things to make your day go better. But I don't see it like that. I kind of see it like if I do spend 10 minutes 
um, you know, on myself, or if I spend an hour and a half to three hours teaching somebody how to do their makeup, and they themselves spend maybe 10 minutes on themselves every single day, it makes such a big impact, you know, putting on that nice outfit um, shows that you love yourself. And that's not a bad thing to have. Um, You know, people will be like, Oh, you don't need this to feel this. I totally disagree. And that's kind of where this all started. I always thought that like, feeling that inner peace, feeling that like stability has to come from, you know, books, values, etc. But there's other things that people do to make themselves feel happy, whether it's going to go get a coffee. And that's the way that they spend that 10 minutes of self care is like, you know, walking to the coffee. <laughs> yes, there you go. I have mine right here. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's about doing those little things that really make a big impact in your day. And yeah, I believe that like, putting on makeup, putting on, um, you know, I'm going to say lipstick because lipstick is so powerful. People undermine that. But um, you know that if someone's wearing a red lip and you might see this in the business world, if someone's wearing a red lip, they mean business. Like they are not joking around. They are usually that like that girl or that guy to wear that lipstick. Like it's a very, it brings a different attitude about you. It brings a different self-confidence about you. So, you know, um, I think that's the beauty of doing the coaching is like people think like, oh, they're going to come to me and learn how to put on makeup. What ends up happening is they feel the confidence to then go wear makeup and teach others how to do makeup. And I'm totally for that. I don't believe like my secrets are secret at all. That's why I give them out for free, even on the internet, even if I'm doing coaching classes, I'll still teach you how to put on eyeliner. I don't mind um, because I don't need you to pay me and teach you for you to feel that. Like, I want you to feel that regardless of what's the capability of us getting together and doing a coaching session. No, that's awesome. And like going back to the lipstick uh, comment, yeah, like you see all these women when they uh, are presenting these like executives and CEOs, they're wearing red lipsticks. Uh, yeah, now that you mention it, it, it's it's very true. And I think having that confidence to kind of just be yourself and able you're able to kind of like help someone out like when they're unsure about how to like put on makeup or you know just like the right way to do it because there's so many formulas online right so i i feel like you know like even when i see your videos and i see you doing all that creating formulas and contouring and all this stuff i'm like wow that's effort like that's that's really interesting but like how do you yeah how do you how do you keep I guess, how do you like learn about all this stuff? Like, how does one know how to do all this? Because I have no experience in this uh, realm. So so I originally started learning how to do makeup just by watching YouTube videos, um, seeing people do their classes. And then I started going to master classes and attending them online during COVID. Um, I just found that it was a great way for me to still keep up with the arts without being um, physically there. I actually moved from a big city I moved from like just the outskirts of Toronto to Gainesville. So a lot of the access and resources that I was, you know, I had touch and go were no longer there. So for me to keep up with my art, as well as being able to, you know, help clients or have clients to physically do makeup, I definitely had to keep practicing my skills. So um, yeah, online platforms are a big way to do that. But there's so much information now. So I think that's where the coaching comes into play. And that's why I wanted to start it because you could contour, but are you contouring the right angles for your face? Everyone's face is different. Um, And that's the beauty of makeup is it's like 
it's very personalized and tailored to that individual. And that's kind of how it should be, right? Um, you don't wear shoes that don't fit you. So why would right. you wear a contouring look that doesn't fit you? Is there, when it comes to makeup, is there like a quality to makeup? Is there like a bad makeup versus good makeup or it's just subjective on the person? I think it's subjective on the person. Um, you know, there isn't such thing as good makeup and bad makeup. I think it's color theory, right? Um, so. We grew up as an Indian, as a South Asian, you know, lighter is always better was always like the mantra. And I don't believe in that. I've been tanning my body since like grade <laughs> seven. I used to sit outside, read a book. My mom hated it. But it was just that I didn't understand why being fair skinned was so beautiful. It just doesn't really... Yeah. It didn't make sense to me, to me. Um, so I personally would go tanning and it would really irk my mom. But um, I still find that even going through coaching sessions, I deal with that a lot. You know, I'll be like, okay, get, you know, if you want to pick up a new foundation, this is what I suggest. These are the shades I think you'll be in. Go ahead and get swatched. Meaning like this, you know, if you go to Sephora or Mac, they'll like put it on your skin so they can see what matches you best. But often the client will always go lighter. And when you go lighter, it doesn't match you. And then you feel like your makeup doesn't look nice. And then, you know, all of that. So I really have to spend time. Um, I do a two part. So I do a consult where I really spend time explaining the theory of makeup, what I want them to achieve, what they want to achieve. Do they just want like a quick look or do they really want to learn techniques? You know, whatever they want to do is pretty much what I will teach them. Um, but at the same time, I also want them to understand that there is no, there's no perfect version of beauty. Everyone is beautiful, right? So let's achieve your beautiful. And for me, I think it's very important to get that balance because then you really like your makeup. Then there is no bad makeup, right? I could use a $5 product and still really love it just as much as like the 50 or the $100 price point. Uh, it's all about technique. It's all about application and color theory. It's also about confidence too, right? Like if you don't care what other people think of you and what you wear, I think it's about like, if I wear like a colorful jacket, a lot of times my friends are like, that's kind of weird. But if I feel confident in it, you know, I will really like, I won't care. And the more I wear those kinds of, you know, a little out, out there kind of, you know, fashion or just in general, people are going to start getting used to it, you know? Like, and they might feel inspired, you know, they might be like, wow, I didn't really think that was going to look very good until you put it on. And now exactly. they probably want it too. And that's, yeah. yeah, I think it's all about trial and error too, right? Not every makeup look is going to be the best thing you do, but it's practice. So as long as you're constantly working towards, you know, what you want to achieve, I feel like makeup kind of falls into that too. It's very like practice, practice, practice um, till it's perfect. Like I had a client, um, she was one of the first clients I actually had and we had our session. She did amazing. She really enjoyed her look. And then a few months later, she posted a story about how her cousin, I believe, had a makeup artist who possibly couldn't show up for that day, for her wedding day. And so my client stepped in and did her makeup, like for her bride, for a bride. Like that is mind blowing to me that, you know having that confidence i am not gonna say like oh i taught her what to do because i 
I didn't. That that third person was not my client. And that third person, I don't know what their face shape was, what their skin tone was or anything. But she was able to really step in that moment, feel confident that I can put makeup on someone else. And, you know, just a few months ago, she wasn't confident to put makeup on her own self. So it's it's crazy how something can like trickle down. And at first, I didn't realize the impact of this at all. I thought, you know, this is just going to be a fun way for me to, you know, earn some money on the side and et cetera, et cetera. But this turned into something that was just so fruitful. And the the reasons people want to learn makeup astound me, whether it's like for a holiday party or whether it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I never taught myself these techniques. And here it's the time that I want to. I'm a mom of two and I just want to feel beautiful. Like there's so many different reasons I get. And I'm just like, thank you for choosing me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and makeup is such a powerful thing. I mean, even when it comes to, especially the brown community or any community, like wedding planning, having, uh, you know, your wedding planner, and in case those situations, like you know, they're not there, you know, yeah. you need someone that can be reliable. And I feel like in in in, in your friend's case, it was you, right? So, um, I think it's it's important to know, like, like you know, just have people that are, I think, professional in this field, and to have them that. Uh, they can provide value because you never know when you're going to need someone, especially at a wedding. And it's it's so true for what you said, like, you know, people worry about like the fair nature of their skin. So especially like, uh, you know, fair skin, that conversation, I've heard it so many times, like, you know, um, people are scared to go out in the sun, like a month or two before their wedding day. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to get dark 10 times darker. Like, why does it matter? You look beautiful the way you are. Not to not like, you know, not to to anyone's horn, but I'm saying like, you know, it's true. And I think that prerogative should be taken like more, like less seriously and more show about like beauty. Beauty should be like just a, a confidence thing. So um, going back to beauty, what would you say? Like, how does beauty for you articulate to mental health? Like, how do you think like, especially for women too, we could talk about that too, if you'd like, but yeah. um, you know, cool. So beauty, I feel like in this toxic space, the beauty industry can be very, very manipulative, very toxic. It's very hard to stay grounded if you don't know your path. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. Like, what are your values? What are you trying to achieve? I think all of that kind of plays into that mental health aspect because you can get derailed and you can get like pushed around by people, you know, um, people will book with you and then cancel like it, it you really have to stay confident and true to yourself if you really want to succeed in this industry and by no means am i at a level of success that i attribute to the beauty industry but i feel like i've found my rhythm i've been doing this for so long i've been making youtube videos since 2016 oh wow um and wow. before that i was just sharing stories and stuff on instagram and snapchat when snapchat was really big yeah. um you know, and then I found that I didn't like what I was doing. I wasn't true to myself. I felt like I was being fake, even though I was just being nice on the internet. And I'm not saying like I'm a jerk now, but I'm very honest <laughs> now. Yeah, I'm more right. so I have my voice, you know, and my voice isn't always a happy-go-lucky dandy. But before yeah. it was, and I felt like it was eating me in the inside. So I deleted my YouTube account. Oh, wow. And and I wish I didn't because I wish those 200 people had still stuck with me, you know, and I don't know if they are. And um, besides the point. 
So then comes 2020, when COVID hit, I was like, okay, I'm going to do YouTube again, but I'm going to do it in my voice. That means I might upload a funny video. I might upload a makeup video. I might upload a vlog. You know, having more of like a holistic approach to beauty, I think helps with that mental health aspect. Because if you get so caught up in the next product release and having the money to buy it and, and you know, creating a look that goes viral, you're like, it's so much pressure you can crumble under all of that. And I think that's what the beauty industry is, right? It's like so much content, so much money is funded into it. There's so much, so there's so many opportunities too. But if you're not like reaching out and getting those opportunities, it can really be um, kind of like a bummer, which uh, can be really tough on the mental health space. And you see that a lot with um, beauty influencers. You know, you'll obviously them post like a, a video that's like my final video and it's like a breakdown video because oh, wow. it's just so much pressure and coming from a viewer to like an influencing sort of status um yeah. i've always kept that in mind it's like i don't want to have that moment where i i just can't take it anymore so i don't know if i just rambled on for like four minutes but basically beauty no. and mental health it's like there's they're almost like two opposing industries that you're trying to mesh together and I think I'm trying very hard to do that because I want it to be like this can really make you feel good how and that's my like how is right that, there. yeah how is like the appearance or how is like that how for you you know so yeah especially on feeling good looking good and you know always being able to perform content to help others but at the same time avoiding burnout is what I'm understanding yes. Yeah, you know, um, no, and I completely get it because I was a YouTuber too. Uh, I did anime, uh, okay, like five years ago, and I started from high school. And um, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into this for a while. So, like, you know, for me, this is like kind of like second nature. Like this podcast, a lot of people don't know, but I did anime growing up. Like, what do you mean you did anime? My husband's a big anime fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll send you my channel. It's still around. It's like called the Batwave underscore one. Oh and, yeah, and I do used to do like reviews for movies, reviews for anime. I used to okay. post anime. You have to share that with me then. Yes, yes I'm sure yeah. he'll enjoy that. Oh, I'm sure he will too. I mean, I'm still watching anime to this day. But uh, okay. growing up, I mean, I used to always just be a fan, and uh, just I used to tamper with just the names and editing and vlogging, like you know, wow. uploading like. And isn't that so fun? I love that part of like content creation is the filming, the editing. I rarely enjoy like the posting and commenting and replying to comments. Like for me, like the clout or whatever is not worth it. For me, it's like that skill that you develop when like getting to like, oh, I want to change this part of my video and make it look like this or, you know, put overlay this. And I might be talking very basic to you, but like you probably do so much more. (laughs) But I'm saying like that part of it is just so you learn such cool skills when you're doing this that it's like it it sets you up for success in different fields as well and i feel like it gives you an inner voice too because a lot of people will doubt you and like you said if you look at the comments too often i think you're gonna just see yourself trying to look for validation rather than like you know like trying to create good content because the more validation you get like you know in the first like 10 videos or 15 videos it's all great and all right people like you but then once you start getting big or even start having some kind of momentum there's gonna be people who hate on you hate on your content 
they're going to say you don't post enough. Maybe you don't have enough quality in your videos. You're talking gibberish. Um, you're like the next Joe Schmo, right? So there's just so much that uh, is around content creation now. So I think yeah. you kind of just sticking yourself and like letting people know that this is who I am and having your own voice. You know, I think that's important. And like, I guess the question I'm asking, I'm trying to ask here too, is like, are you the type of person now since you've seen like this change in the beauty industry and you, you felt like you're, you speak up for yourself now. Do you feel like you go with change or you resist change now? Like, are you go with the flow kind of person with content or are you now like, no, like I'm going to say no to this and I'm going to post this now or, you know, yeah. how are so you? I feel like TikTok culture has changed how we view content. You know, things are a challenge or things are a trend and you you do that like people will use the same music um or they'll do the same dances over and over again and you know it'll be scrolling and it'll be the same content over and over again yeah i personally don't really do that i might use trending music but i'll just put it over like a makeup video or something like that for algorithm purposes like i'm still trying to make this work at the end of the day right but um no i really don't fall into a lot of trends um, unless it's like a fun trend and I really connect with it because or else I just become part of the crowd. Like, you know, am I really serving? I think that's like the biggest thing for me as well. Right. Like I have to think about like in 2016, I stopped doing beauty. Why did I stop be doing beauty? I felt like I wasn't serving people. I wasn't giving them what they wanted and I they weren't learning and I wasn't benefiting and it wasn't fruitful for me. So, you know, um, I go to them and they're one of our biggest lessons that we learn is to serve others, right? And doing that, doing those trends and stuff, I feel like it doesn't serve. Um, I want to be able to share tips and tricks that actually make an impact, actually make a difference, something that someone can learn and really impl implement into their routine. Or it's just fun. Like maybe someone needs a laugh. Someone needs yeah. a smile. And that's how I'm going to serve them. So I'm really conscious about what I'm putting out. I'm not really just putting out products I don't use or I, or because it's a deal or, you know, um, sharing things that are controversial just to be part of the conversation. Like sometimes I don't relate with some of the issues that are happening and then I don't speak to it. And, you know, maybe that's a fault of my own because you're expected to have a voice and have a voice for a certain cause. Um, but that would be like, it would be backwards for me to do that. Right. Especially when I'm trying to be different. Right, right, right. No, it it's definitely, it's true. Sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. And I think having your own voice is important, but then there's certain times when there's controversial stuff, it's almost like a trap, you know? Yeah. So it's, and it's also and like, people will like badger you be like, Hey, why aren't you talking about this? But why should I, right? Like you have your own Instagram account use your voice. Um, why yeah. should the onus always be on me? Because what if I don't follow the same same um, viewpoint as you or whatever the case is? Maybe I don't want to talk about it. Maybe it's very personal to me or, you know. Right. Or maybe I don't want to put myself in that conversation because I already have my self-beliefs and there's no point of uh, me kind of convincing someone else because not everyone wants to convince uh, other people. I think people who want to convince other people, they some people do it with the intent of trying to show them a perspective, but some people do it with the intent of control. So mm -hmm. control yes. is like, 
you know, you can't force someone to change, even like when it comes to liking you or, or, you know, just doing things with you, you can't force yourself to make friends. You can't force your, you, you can control your environment and hope for the best, but I don't think, I think controlling someone's perspective on beliefs and controversies can really, uh, you know, hurt your relationship with them, you know? So sometimes yes. it's better not to mention it. No. And at the same time, I still want to be respectful. Like, yes, yes, you yes, know, yes, like yes, at the end yes, of the yes, day, yes, people still have high eyes, they have hearts and, you know, you never know what people are going through. So right. I used to do this thing that I definitely have stopped. I used to post a lot, like, you know, if you go to restaurants, you post a nice meal. And then someone reached out to me in my DMs. It was kind of like one of those people that like, they don't follow, you don't follow them. So it's like kind of hidden in your your right. hidden messages. And they were just like, you know, I've never had the money to eat such a nice meal. I hope you enjoy it. And that just kind of made my heart drop. You know, you think you're sharing a part of your life that's like a luxury. And, oh, this is so special. I'm out with friends. But there are people in the world, maybe they're not even homeless. Maybe they're not poor. And they just haven't had the opportunity to experience that. And for me, like, sure, I don't care if like I share like a purse, makeup or whatever, like that doesn't bother me. It's very materialistic. Um, but food, food hurts, you know, like that really yeah. bothered me inside. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. And in my, I was doing it out of just sheer fun. But for them, it wasn't. That was like, it kind of, it hurt them. So ever since then, I stopped sharing a lot of my meals that I would have outside of the house because I just felt like, wow, what am I, what, why do I need to share that? You know, like it was kind of like an eye-opening experience. So even though like, and that's an impact on someone's mental health as well, right? It's like, it, it, I feel like you can, you can inspire people in so many different ways, but to make them feel like they haven't had a meal really, really just pulls on my heartstrings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little tough to deal with that stuff, especially like uh, when I go to soup kitchens and stuff and I see like all these kids and stuff. And uh, me and my friends, like we were when we were in uh, undergrad or college, uh, we went to like the soup kitchen and we just saw like a couple of these like, I don't know, uh, these people in the soup kitchen who are from impoverished families. And you just see like the parent taking food away from the kid. And it was just kind of like, you know, it sucked. But this thing is like at the end of the day, like we gave the kid food and everything and it was all good. So, you know, some sometimes you have yeah. to just you, you can't say anything in those situations. But the thing is, like, at least you're doing community service and you're trying to help out. So it's like a really, really good thing. And mental health can also be I, I think mental health is just as powerful as is weak, because sometimes like when people are like, yo, I'm going through like depression, anxiety, all these different like disorders, too. I think them just doubting themselves is like the biggest thing. And I think um, if you could help them to not doubt themselves, it'll really, really like change their perspective because people with mental health problems also have the strongest ability to bounce back if you could just show them love, I think. Yeah. So so I think if you show them love and then that's it, like you're, you're, you're golden to them, you know, and then they're very loyal too. So I think just they're just more feeling oriented in my opinion. So, you know, if you just do that, but Going back to, uh, you know, your mental health and everything, do you feel like you've ever had um, anxiety with situations or, you know, just in general, like any mental health struggles? Feel free to share if you'd like, but no, you don't need to if you don't, if you don't want <laughs> no, to. Sure. I'll share. Um, I think I 
I've always kind of had an anxious inner self. Um, you know, anxiety right. is something that I feel either when I'm in large crowds, have to do like a public speech, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that sort of anxiety. But then I also feel anxiety when I can't control a situation. You know, I think things are going to go one way in my day and then all of a sudden get derailed. I've started to feel more anxious. Um, yeah. I think after having a child, I feel extremely anxious all the time because, you know, has has Anik eaten enough? Has he gone to sleep? Is he still sleeping? Is he okay in his right. crib? What was that sound? You know, so all of that just kind of like builds up, especially postpartum. I think mothers will agree that you just have that feeling all the time. And it's like in your chest and in your gut that you're just constantly thinking of your child or children. And so um, anxiety, I think, runs deep now for me. And for me, like some days are great and I'm able to tackle it. And then some days I'm really, really weak and I have a breakdown or I freak out or, you know, I am all of a sudden on a yelling spree for no reason, for no reason at all. And often my husband takes the butt end of that. But, um, you know, it's it's hard because you just feel so much pressure and you know postpartum depression is huge so like i was really really careful about that um because you can get stuck in your own head yeah especially with motherhood because you can do everything right and then you know the baby is still crying and you still feel like can you hear yeah um and you still feel like you're not able to make this child happy so one thing I did do, and I hate to bounce back to this, but I'm going to because it's what I did, was I would spend just 15 minutes a day doing something for myself. Doesn't matter what that is. Um, for me, usually it was putting on makeup. So often in my DMs, a lot of people after I had a baby would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you have the time to put on makeup. I'm like, it's just 15 minutes. And that's just what made me feel good. And the rest of the day it carried on for me. You know, um, I could have had the most crappiest day, but just doing that for myself made me feel like I took time for myself and I still thought about myself because literally the last next 23 hours and 45 minutes was about my kid. So when you like put it into perspective of like how, how I was able to kind of like go through uh, PPD, postpartum depression and postpartum like just growing through it I finished my four months so like my fourth trimester just ended like well it's ending like now so I feel like technically you're over the hump yeah all of that um but I just say like if you're if you just had a kid and you're dealing with postpartum um whether it's depression or just postpartum because that's a lot on itself and we can kind of touch on that if you'd like but um you know, just take five, 10, 15 minutes, do something that's not baby related for yourself. And I think with single mothers too, like we had, uh, you know, my neighbor was Jewish and she had a baby too. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, just kind of like, you know, the, the single mom got a child very early on in her like yeah. early twenties. So, uh, seeing that and just having conversations with her, like finding, like, I guess I was kind of like her outlet kind of to just vent. But uh, it was interesting because, you know, she would just talk to me about like all the stuff, like having a kid early on and, you know, just taking care of them. It was like refreshing, refreshing for her to just kind of find an outlet because, you know, I feel 
you know, being a mom is like almost like you're also giving away a lot of your time to treat your kids if you're not having you're not getting homeschooling. Um, and sometimes as a mom, like, you know, especially in the brown community, um, we want to spend time with our kids, right? We don't want to drop them off to daycare and just work nine to five and, you know, not have a relationship, right? So, and it's natural for, as a female, for you to take off from work, right? Some people quit their job for a year or two just so they can, uh, you know, really focus on their kids. So you doing makeup and then also focusing on your kid is amazing. And I, I applaud you for that. I think that's a great um it's a great thing that you're doing and hopefully you get to where you want to be too with this. And, and the main thing is just remember to have fun, you know, remember to have fun, put on 15 minutes of makeup, do your thing in the morning, you know, Read a book, you know, whatever that is. take, take a warm shower, yeah. take a bath, whatever that is for you. That means self care. I think it's, it's important. Just make sure it's not baby related. Cause if you're spending that 15 minutes <laughs> washing your bottle, those bottles will get washed no matter what, you know, <laughs> even if you stay up like another like 10 minutes to do that or whatever, right. like that'll happen. But what are you doing for yourself? I think that really helps with that depression portion of it. Um, that doesn't mean that's going to cancel everything. If it's serious, of course, see a therapist, of course, see your doctor, like take the precautions you need to take. But when people are asking you, like, how are you really think about it? Like, how am I? Because one day you'll be good. And then the next day you'll have like a really crappy day or you know, and, and it's hard because like, it's hard. And a lot of people don't talk about postpartum, um, you know, depending on what type of birth you've had, you're healing, your wounds are healing. You, if you went through a major surgery, you'd be bedridden for three, four weeks. No one would make you do a single thing. But instead, as a mother, you're waking up every two to three hours to feed your kid. You're not getting enough sleep. On top of that, you're organizing everything, making sure that the kid is set up for success throughout the day. And then, you know, um, and then it's all the anxiety and the worries and just trying to catch up on your day to day. And like, it's just like, it, it ends up becoming a lot. And even if you have the help, as a mother, you still want to do everything. <laughs> right, right. You still, you still want to be part of their life. You don't. Exactly. My mom still does that to this day. Like I do dishes and she'd be like, no, let me do the dishes. And I'm like, yeah. why? She's like, oh, I want to, I want to make sure you get that like five minutes to eat or something or, you know, watch yeah. the show or like watch this NBA game that's on or something, you know? So I, I totally right. feel that. So in this industry that you kind of tapped into and, you know, while also taking care of your kid, what's his name, by the way? His name is Anik. A-H-N-I-K. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Anik. Um, nice. That's a cute name. Uh, so <laughs> do you have any mentors that kind of like teach you how to be like so good at beauty, beauty and skincare? And like, like, you know, like, how, like, do you have anyone you look up to right now that shaped you to kind of get into this? Because, you know, skills and stuff, right? So, yeah. Um, I would say like mentors. I don't have like personal mentors where it's like one on one. I'll tell you who inspires me. So in terms of like makeup, um, Caitlin Jane Hughes, um, Kate Jane Hughes, um, she's amazing. I feel like her content and the way she, she's just such an artist when she's doing her makeup. Makeup by Mario is great. I've followed his journey for a very long time. That's Kim Kardashian's makeup artist, if you're not aware, but, um, he's so much more than that and very humble, very down to earth. And it just reminds me that even in an in industry, when you get so big, you yourself stay humble because that could change in a minute. And I feel like his success has really been earned, even though he was Kim Kardashian's makeup artist, like 12, 15, for like 10, 15 years. 
um, or 10 years for sure, but has been in the industry for so much longer, you're just seeing his success now. And it just shows you that you really have to put in the work. Um, and then in terms of like actual inspiration for like day to day, um, how I really feel motivated to provide for myself as well as serve others. I would say my guru from Swami Maharaj has really put an impact on my life. Mahan Swami Maharaj continues to put an impact on my life. And for me, I think it's very important to have something greater than you to believe in. Um, that really brings like a form of humility in your life and day to day, because when you're online and you're getting all the likes and all the comments and all this like appreciation, it's, it's nice to remember that you're doing it for others and not for yourself. No, de I, I definitely keeps you grounded, right? It keeps you grounded. It keeps you, uh, you know, <laughs> it keeps you. My husband what? may have just dumped my kid, right? Like, <laughs> and I didn't realize until. <laughs> you just drop him and run away. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even realize until this I heard. Great. It. Like, this is, is great. This? Now people are going to relate to you and your kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. This is this is the this is the raw version of yeah. This <laughs> the is truth. this is the, the hijacking of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you could get him in on this point. It's fine. <laughs> so if, if he seems fine right now. Let's see. Okay. I'd like him to be independent. He's possible. chilling with his little bib. Oh awesome. yeah, he's like hella chilling. Look, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look, it's mom. <laughs> hey, you want to say hello? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so cute. So, um, thank you so much. No, yeah, no, no, for sure. So these inspirations that I guess that motivate you, um, is your ideal one day like what if you met one of them? What would you do? Like, would you? Um, what, what would it be like? You know, because it would be interesting, right? Like, I want to. My inspiration is Jay Shetty, so I want to meet him. Wow. Yeah. I read his book, uh, Think Like a Monk, and it inspired me to kind of do this what I do. Um, yeah. but like, what would you do if you met, I always wondered, like, what would you do? Like, if you met like this makeup artist that is under Kim Kardashian, what would you do? Like, I you know? think aside from being like star, star struck, excuse me. Um, I would just want to pick their brain, you know, like understand more about techniques, um, understand more about their, their journey. What, you know, we only see like a little sliver of it, what's in the magazines or what's been like um broadcasted or whatever the case is so really just working to understand how they've really found success in this industry because it's such a large scale industry um now that being said i got to meet um jonathan ben ness uh, if you're not familiar with him he's on career eye he's like the hairstylist and i was just blown away i had like a five minute conversation with him um, about his products and about my journey as motherhood and everything like that as well. And it was just like, so, so cool because they're just like, so open and ready to talk to you about their experiences and your experiences. And I think that's, I think we just put people on pedestals for no reason, right? We have to realize like they too understand your journey. They too are like going to be mentors. So um, allowing that mentorship to occur and not feeling like, like I said, starstruck. I don't think I would stay starstruck for very long um, because I would want to get something out of that conversation. I, I would feel hungry to do that. To um, learn and right. to grow, right? Yeah, I think exactly. I think if I was to ever meet Jay Shetty, I would definitely ask him, like, how does he transition from like one topic to another topic? And also how would he uh, like, you know, really 
how do, how does he get to know someone on such a deep level? Because not everyone can tap into that. And it's sometimes some people don't want to open up, right? And you have to be able to yeah. read signals. Um, you have to understand like how your your life can, you have to be able to make connections, right? So I always am um, hungry to learn from him and to see like what made him so grounded, aside from being a monk and all. But, you know, that's awesome that you have that perspective. And I think it'll go a long way for you when you uh, reach that level. Because I think a lot of people reach that level and then they think they've made it. And I feel like, it's constant. It doesn't need to be yeah, like you made no. it. You know? No, so. I don't think there's ever going to be a point where you can say I've made it because there's just so many avenues you can do, you know, like you could become the top makeup artist, but then what, then what, like, then you might want to open up your own brand or you might want to open up like a line in a store or, you know, um, create your own academy. There's just so much. You can either go into like teaching. I apologize. Um, but there's just so many avenues that you can take. So to say I've made it is cutting my success short. Right, right, right. And to always be relatable. I think being relatable at a high level, that's like what Drake yeah. does. Like even even right now, like I'm a big fan of Drake, like his music and stuff. So like even like the way he speaks with people, like people are like, he's he's dead. Like he's not going to make it. Every year and this guy makes 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 it, right? Like he makes, makes a banger that you want you yeah. to play in your car when you're driving, of course. Exactly. And he could have easily said, okay, three platinum labels, I'm done, you know? And so many people are one hit wonders and Yeah. But I mean, that that's it. Like he could have done that, but he could have stopped at Degrassi for all all you know, you know? And for sure. That's not where he stopped. He picked a whole new industry to go into. And now it's like I forget which music video it was, but where he was giving out like college tuitions and everything like that. Like incredible. God's like God's plan. There you go. So like <laughs> incredible where people are able to help each other. And like, it's like how Shaquille O'Neal buys people's like engagement rings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do with all that money anyways? You could totally change someone's life, you know? Um, right, and it doesn't right, have right. to be by like dropping millions of dollars. But I'm saying like, even you as a person, an act of kindness can change someone's life. Um, yeah, that's what I'm learning too. Like even just to be like more like kinder and to let go of ego. I think that's one thing I've learned this past year. Like ego has always, always been there, but it's been at the the best place I want it to be right now. So I think that has been removed completely. So I think, uh, I hope that that's the same for everyone. Um, so I think we're coming to a close for this podcast because I would love to have you again. Uh, and you have so much to offer and I know you have to go for baby duty right now. So. <laughs> you can hear him. <laughs> I know my heartstrings are being pulled. <laughs> I'm going to get someone paid for this. Like you're getting, making this poor woman like stay here while her baby's just staring at her. Um, oh, no. no, no, I'm just joking. But uh, uh, yeah, so do you mind answering a couple of rapid fire questions and then we can just end it with a close? That's cool. Okay, sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome, cool. What is the best present you've ever received? Love. Love, okay. What is your favorite holiday food? Ooh, samosa. Samosa, you said? Oh, samosas, yes. Samosa. Okay, okay. I, I, I couldn't hear that for a sec. Okay, and do you like New Year's resolutions or do you like the 4th of July? I don't know why that was one of the rapid fire questions, but. <laughs> um, I guess New Year's resolutions. I'm Canadian, so I don't really care about 4th of July. I don't think you care about that. <laughs> I was like, why is that one of the questions? I don't know. Okay, and then mountains or beaches? Ooh, mountains mountains okay cool and why is that do you like uh more like hiking and stuff or you're, you're not a beach person 
so when I moved from Toronto to uh, Florida, everyone was like, oh, you're going to be close to a beach. And then you realize like the sand, the dirt, the organization that goes into going to the beach and how like hectic it is, um, finding parking, et cetera. I feel like mountains are nice. You get to be cozy. You can be indoors or outdoors. Like, I think it's a vibe. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a way better vibe. Yeah. I, I'm trying to go to Banff uh, probably, like, in a few months or something. Now nice. So I definitely want to jump up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to BC in December, which oh, I'm British so excited Canada. about. Yeah, yeah. I'm Beautiful. so, so excited. My yeah. brother lives there, so I'm excited to go there and visit. And It's your first time, have... or you've been there before? I've been before, but... I just had a baby. My brother just had a baby. So it's hey. going to be like, it's going to be different, you know? Yeah. yeah. Two little babies yeah. finally meeting too. It's going to be fun. Yeah. To finally like, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And you have such a great perspective and a great mind. So we would love to have you on more. Um, I think it'll go a long way for people that are in their skincare and beauty care. And I think they go Absolutely. hand in hand with mental health. So thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Omong. For sure. Later. See you.